This episode of the Golf.com podcast is brought to you by the USGA. That's the United States Golf Association. By the time this Masters is over, which is not long from now, we'll be thinking about the next major, and that's the U.S. Open at Aaron Hills in Wisconsin. For more on that, visit USGA.org. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Golf.com podcast. I'm your host, Sean Zock, here in Augusta, Georgia, for the 2017 Masters. Joining me today, like he did at all the majors last year, is my colleague, Jeff Ritter. Jeff, it is Tuesday morning of Masters week which means we're only like 40 hours away from the madness. How do you feel right now? I feel fantastic. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, although I don't know that we'll pick up the birds from our current spot in Augusta, but uh, I feel great. There's there's something about being here, it's just electric, and it just builds and builds to this crescendo Thursday morning, and uh, I'm pumped, man. This is How are you? This is Masters number two for you. Is it different the second time around? It totally is. I have not even gone on the course yet. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is pretty shameful, but I I mean yesterday, Monday was a busy day. Uh, we had a couple press conferences and a couple other things going on, and I think last year I was just starving to get out on the course. Sure. And this year I will get out there, but it just hasn't happened. Weather yet. was tough yesterday anyway, but today you need to make time to take a walk. Cause it so is perfect out there. Yeah, today is gorgeous. Uh, basically, what you would want in a Masters setting, it's like. Going to be low 80s today, maybe a little bit cooler on the weekend, but that's going to be a storyline this week is the weather. And I think we'll get to it plenty in how we describe this, uh, the setting here, but it's going to be windy Thursday and Friday. It's going to be cold, actually, on Thursday. Thursday's only a high of 60. It's, there's ex, uh, expected rain Wednesday night. We got dumped on yesterday. It's not going to be, at least to start, it's not going to be that enjoyable to be here. I like it from a, from a perspective of finding a worthy champion and putting these guys through a little bit of adversity. I don't like the storm on Wednesday. I like my par three contest. I hope that survives. I don't want to see that get washed out. But uh, as far as what that does then for the rest of the tournament, you know, you could say a Wednesday storm might soften things up and, and guys could really go low. However, if the wind does come in as they forecast, then all bets are off. Then you're talking about guys struggling, you know, to stay at even par. You, you could see just maybe three or four under leading this thing heading into the weekend, which I like. And then it sets up the shoot, the weekend shootout. So yeah. you could have, you know, two days of just the, this, you know, struggle and kind of almost U.S. Open-ish yeah. type of task. Yeah, grind. And then it's just you know a race to the race to go low on the weekend. I think that'd be a really exciting tournament. Yeah, I like how it's forecasted right now because I'm glad that Thursday and Friday are very similar in what we're gonna get from weather, uh, from the weather. Hopefully the forecast doesn't change. Only because I always feel bad when players get a good draw and a bad draw at right. a major. You don't want to see Rory go out there really early. Um, he has, his tee time has not been determined yet, but if he goes out there really early, gets kind of screwed over by bad weather, all of a sudden he's got the late tee time on Friday, right. can't make up for it. British Open style. Uh, I will say I haven't, in, there's, I've seen a few, some gusty days here, but I usually, there's something about this spot and the way, that the course, you know, there's low points and high points on the golf course itself. Most of the time, I can't think of a time where the wind just blew all day. Usually it drops. Even on the worst days, around five o'clock or so, 
And those guys who are playing at the end of the day get two hours of serenity coming in. And so that could be interesting, though. If that happens, if it's, say, you know, blows all day Thursday and all of a sudden drops on Friday, you could have one of those scenarios like the British Open where yeah. someone really catches a break weather-wise. You'll remember last year, Saturday, uh, the low round was 69 by Smiley Kaufman in a pretty, pretty windy day that kind of kept Jordan Spieth somewhat close to the pack before Sunday. So when it whips here, you know, this course – Shows its teeth, that's for sure. As far as storylines go, it's not just the weather here at Augusta National. We're going to run through all the storylines. Uh, I think it kind of starts, really, it can't start with anybody else. It has to start with Dustin Johnson. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's, when you come in off three consecutive victories, he's, we talked for a long time about the parody in golf and how there were all these young players and they were just going to exchange the number one ranking and it doesn't look like that anymore. What a difference oh, six DJ's weeks makes. Like we have there is no there is no exchange of that ranking anywhere in sight. And he's fly, I mean he hasn't of all the majors kind of meltdowns he had leading up to his finally his final breakthrough at the U.S. Open. The Masters he doesn't really have scar tissue. No, you know, there isn't a single Masters that you can point to and say, well DJ should have won that. Yeah, like he did like the, he had in other majors. So. But he does have a couple sneaky top tens. So you got He's basically blown every other major except for the Masters. Right. So I think, yeah, the story, there, there are many stories, but the conversation around who's going to win this week and what it means, it, it does all go through DJ. Yeah, I mean, he's doing Tiger-esque things. And that word, that phrase right there, Tiger-esque things, that doesn't come around very often. No. We saw Jason Day kind of enter that territory maybe 12 months ago. He had seven wins in, I believe, 17 tournaments. Spieth two years ago. Spieth two you know, years ago. Was setting, matching the scoring record, but before it that, it's not like, often. Yeah, no, it isn't. And so DJ is not the kind of person that's going to get worked up and really buy into that storyline. But if he were to win a fourth tournament in a row over a span of what I believe is six or seven weeks, and for one of them to be a major, two of them to be WGCs, and the other to happen at Riviera, I mean, we're talking about one of the best runs, I think, four, four tournament runs in the history of golf. Yeah, I'd have to, you're probably right, I'd have to go back and see some of Tiger's streaks. I think he had a couple runs there of seven or eight wins in a row, I remember, but I don't know if they overlapped a Masters. Might have yeah. been, I think it was, might have been midsummer or fall wrapped into the following January or something like that. So you're right. That, that would definitely be something to consider is a, a four tournament stretch with the, with those on the list. That's, that's all time stuff. But as you said, he has not won here. Uh, he has not, his best finishes, I guess, are his, his recent finishes last year. I think he finished T four here at Augusta kind of had some chances on Sunday he but actually was there on, yeah, on 16, I think. I, I don't want to say he made an eagle late and then a double bogey later or something like that. He was, he was actually, he could have been in that conversation to steal it after Spieth's, uh, you know, incident. We'll call it incident for the moment <laughs> on the 12th hole. Uh, he was there. Yeah, he certainly was. Denny Willett helped himself kind of distance himself with uh, birdie on 16 and then getting up and down on 17. Uh, and then... When you think about DJ, though, I think this newly formed DJ, everyone talks about his wedges and, and how he hits the ball straighter than he ever has. And he obviously has always had the length. But at Augusta, we know so many times it comes down to the flat stick. Yeah. And I, I, I pain, painfully watched Dustin Johnson miss 15-foot birdie putt after 15-foot birdie putt last year in the final round. And not that you, that you 
expected him to make those putts because they're not easy. Yeah. But you can't win here if you don't make those putts. So I sat down with DJ a couple weeks ago for um, an interview that we're going to run on the website, I think later today. And I, I had one of the things I, I set up for him. I, I asked him, okay, Dustin, finish this sentence. Dustin Johnson won the 2017 Masters because, and he looked at me and he just I like said, I like he it. putted well. Wow. I said, that's it. I said, that's it. Everything else you feel is there. Yep, everything else is there. Jeez. For him, it is just how he performs. In his mind, he has one question to answer, and that's putting the greens. Everything else about his game, he loves at this place. So wow. you've nailed it. That, but for him, and, and we know <laughs> he's a guy who will simplify things, and it's a very simple approach. And to be honest, when I, when I finished that conversation with him, I thought, yeah, this guy – He's not only is he on fire now, but I think I think he's in exactly the right place mentally. Yeah, he Every, understands everything his is game. everything is where it needs to be heading into this week for he, him. He really understands his game, the game, and he's got it working right now. Um, I think if he could choose, he would maybe swap out his putting game with the next guy we're going to talk about, Jordan Spieth, arguably one of the best putters, especially at this course in the history of this event. Jordan Spieth, two second place finishes. One first place finish. He very well could have three three Masters wins. Yep. Um, he could very, very, very easily have two. As obviously collapsed last year, um, and it's it feels cliche. I know it's cliche. The storyline about him coming back to this course is number twelve, and there are seventeen other really difficult holes out here, but no one can focus on anything but number twelve. Is that where you're at? You have to. I mean. Don't you think the world is, is kind of going to stop on Thursday oh, when yeah. Spieth gets to 12? I mean, <laughs> oh, it's like, God. I don't know if they'll break in on CNN and, you know, <laughs> stop. I don't know if they'll interrupt an all-new episode of Ellen on or what it will be. But it, it does feel like that is, like, the most, the single most anticipated shot yeah. for me is Spieth on Thursday yeah. on 12. And I, and I have every reason. I think most of us expect him to be fine. But you still have to show that you're fine. You yeah, know? And you got to make the it's shot. Not, it's not an easy shot, and it might be very windy that day. Oh. So yeah, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't think Spieth getting over this for him is going to be easier than say a Rory McIlroy. And this is something. This is part of the the piece that I did for SI that that's running this week. Is Rory had this collapse of his own in 2011. And he hasn't quite, he's never gotten over that. He's done other things in his career at other venues, and he's won three legs at the Grand Slam, but he's never been able to fix, he never had like the, the way to get over Augusta. Augusta still is in his head. And Spieth has something that Rory doesn't, which is a green jacket to help him get over it. And also, Spieth went out and won the Colonial a few weeks later last year, and he's won again this year. And you just, you feel like he's in a different place. He just approaches this whole thing differently than Rory does and I, I think I don't know how you feel but I, I think I expect Spieth to be fine but we got to see that he's fine I think we all expect him to be fine I don't think anyone actually thinks that he's going to go up there and kind of be shaking in his boots a little bit he made it plenty clear that he came back to Augusta in I believe was December made birdie a couple times on the 12th hole but as you said it's, it's probably going to be whipping a little bit Thursday depending on his tee time he could have an early morning tee time he could get out to that hole by 11 a.m. and the you know the wind the wind is kind of getting after it and maybe he, maybe he catches it thin or catches it a little bit fat all of a sudden this ball is soaring into Ray's Creek like 
that's not likely to happen, but it is very possible. Yes, and, it is. And yeah. at, at that point, we, we either continued this storyline or we hopefully put it to bed. But anyway, what happens if it, it comes again Sunday? Like, he does need to get over it. Thankfully, uh, I think in his case, he's been playing great golf this year. Pretty much underappreciated golf. Bunch of top tens. Obviously, the win at Pebble. Like, the guy is in a really good spot. And if he wasn't smart, if his caddy wasn't very smart, if I didn't think he had one of the smartest coaches in the game, I'd be a little more concerned for him. Right. But he's I, got it working. I think one other thing about last year that gets overlooked is, is the fact that he was leading by five shots on the 10th tee on Sunday with nothing even close to his best golf game. Nope. He was scraping it around, which is hard to even comprehend. When you, but but at the moment, you had to see it in the moment, you know, to watch the way he was playing and say, wow, he's just really hanging on, and yet he's up five. Yeah. He's that, he's that good. That, at this, that this golf course fits him that well. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I think DJ deserves to be the favorite this week, but I wouldn't count Spieth out. I, at some point, he's going to finish worse than second place here. But, yeah, right? <laughs> I, I, you know, <laughs> everything we've seen from him so far in his career would lead you to believe this course is perfect for him. Yeah, and it has been. Uh, besides DJ, besides Speed, I think this is the only other storyline that I think can trump those guys, and it's got to be Rory chasing the career Grand Slam, chasing his first green jacket. Um, everyone will remember 2011. It's fading a little bit in memory because it's six years ago now, but the images are still very popular of Rory sure. out there alongside the uh, the the cabins left of the fairway left of trouble left of left on number 10 right. so i mean i i think there is something to what you said about how rory appro approaches the masters a little bit different than spieth not necessarily in a good way i mean it feels like the guy thinks about this tournament more than any other and maybe maybe phil thinks about the us open more than any other maybe that's what maybe. happens when you get three legs of the career grand slam but rory's playing really really good golf this year and i think I think he's doing it, I don't know. I don't want to say he's doing things different. He hasn't won yet on the tour this year, but he's in a really good spot. And he's, as Spieth is, as skilled as any other player out there. So it kind of makes sense. You wouldn't be surprised if he got it done. I don't know. I, I think Rory, he's too good not to win a Masters someday, right? It's, That's he's still the belief. Young. That's he's the belief. still young. This is... This is, a, this is a, as good of a golf course as this is for Spieth. It's even better for Rory because Rory has the long game and the shot shape. Yeah. And it just, you know, he, he should have won it in 2011. He should already be a Masters champion. Yep. He's not. So I do think he's going to win someday. I don't have him. I don't have him in my top five this week. No. I, I, I could be right. It could easily, he could win by six and, you know, it wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't shock me. But they're just there's something about the way you know what it is for me I know he's playing well this year but he did miss some time earlier with the rib injury and I'm still not I'm not totally his convinced that his short no. game is right where it needs okay. to be uh because that is the hole in his game yep. at Augusta is putting and you know short game stuff so but for me it was last year seeing him play his way into the Saturday final pairing with Spieth and what happened that day yeah I can't up. get that out of my head I, yeah. I mean, we talk about 2011 and that I think that's the origin of Rory's, there's no question that's the origin of Rory's issues at Augusta, but to me, last last year that Saturday pairing, you're you're in the final pairing, you're head to head with your fellow, you know, member of the big three and a yeah. guy. You're, you know, this is a rival. I mean, they get a they they get on well, but they're rivals. This is your chance to make a statement. 
and he shot uh, just the, the weirdest kind of lamest 77 you could ever <laughs> shoot. I mean, there was just, he was just, it from was like, he, 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 it was like he was, yeah, he was just lost from the beginning. And that to me was a, that was a red flag of that. There's more going on here than, uh, you know, it wasn't just a bad day on the golf course that he is facing some mental demons and this is going to be his biggest one. I might be the biggest test he faces in his career is, so, is every masters and trying to get over the hump. So would you say that that is more of a red flag or, or that red flag is more significant to you, more important to you this week than the fact that he outside of the match play has been a top 10 finisher in every tour event he's played. Like just good form for him kind of go to the wayside for you when you consider that it just doesn't quite work for him? Well, I think the good form, it gives him confidence, right? I mean, yeah. he can come in feeling good and, and feeling like this is a chance to do it. But it's just the, the past experiences at this tournament tell me that this is going to be difficult for him. That, you know, like you said, he's approaching this differently because this is different in his mind. And it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. You got to think he's gonna. Do, I I think he's gonna do it someday. I'm just not. I'm not sold. I'm not personally picking him this week. Yeah. I don't, I don't think this is the week. Yeah. No. I mean, there's a number of favorites, which is always fun this time of year. Are you? Are you picking Rory? No. Do you have? Do you I'm, have him in their top five? If you're gonna say five Masters winners, give me five guys that you think could win. Would Rory be one of your first five picks? I think he would be. I think he would be because I. I guess I just believe in the talent. And the, and the skill set, being a, an upper echelon golfer, I believe that that will pay off. But you can't, there's some things you just can't equate to Augusta National. Right. You know, you can't play really well at Bay Hill and think that that's going to automatically translate to maybe playing the seventh or eighth hole really well here at Augusta National on Saturday afternoon when you're trying to chase the guy that's atop the leaderboard. Or do you have uh, do you have your five? I don't know if this I don't know if we're getting to this later. But do you I, have well, do you have? Five I'll definitely guys? get to my. We'll definitely get to our picks later. Okay. But Rory's in there for me. Um, and you know what's funny about these favorites is that not all of them will finish in the top five, but it's impossible for us to say that DJ won't. Don't you think that the, some you of these guys? You can't leave DJ off you your can't. five. You, you certainly can't. can't. You just no. can't. No. He's, but Rory, you could. Rory, I am. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have him in my – I would probably have him in my 10 if I was picking 10 guys I yeah. thought might win. But, no, I, he, he doesn't make the cut for my five this week. Yeah, it's so funny how, how much we'll talk about favorites and storylines and, and how we're anticipating this player to play well. And I remember last year Ricky Fowler is one of those guys, and Ricky Fowler gets a morning tee time, and his first tee shot flies into the trees ends up going into the pine straw. His next approach shot hits a tree, goes shooting across the fairway. He makes double bogey. I forgot about all this. He was on the short, the pre-tournament shortlist totally last was. year. He was he, playing great. That, he, that was a very weird, not only, he had a very weird Masters. Not only does bad luck happen, but you know, bad luck almost um, induces other bad things, you know, bad mental approach, all that stuff. All, all that goes to say is that we can each pick our five, our, our ten, and we could be as confident as can be, and then dumb, dumb stuff happens. And yes. Double bogeys, triple bogeys happen, and all of a sudden, you're out. And with the wind, if, if the wind does what it says it's going to do, there's, it's going to be a crazy Masters. It's, this might be a Masters where someone makes two triple bogeys at some point in the week and wins, which, yeah. I, which has never happened. In we, very, we came very close last year. I know yeah. I've done a lot of research on it, but Jordan Spieth, was looking to become the first champion last year with more than one double bogey. 
since Craig Stadler, which I think was in 82. Mm. And then... Double bogey. Yeah. And, wow. And then, and then when, uh, when he made his quad <laughs> on the 12th, he was looking to become the first, I think, ever to have three, three double bogeys or worse and still win. And he, you know, he rallied a little bit and kind of had a chance. But either way, crazy stuff happens out here at Augusta. Um, one crazy thing happened in the past year at Augusta, probably in the past couple months, is that they erected an incredible media center. And incredible is not a good enough word. There is probably not a good enough word in the dictionary to describe the what has happened here. And, you know, it probably doesn't do any justice talking about it on a podcast. But, Jeff, I know you're laughing Hopefully right now. Hopefully someone in the media can come up with a word to describe it. That's kind of our job, right? Somebody, it is. Somebody yeah. needs to find the right adjective. Uh, for me, it's just over the top. It's awesome. It's <laughs> amazing. It's, inc- it's incredible. We were debating yesterday, could, this po- could it be the greatest sports media center in the world? I don't – I'm not – well studied um, the, the planet's press center, sporting press centers, but I gotta think it. I, I think it might be. I, I don't know of any press center that looks and has what this thing offers. It is. Yeah. It is really incredible what it, they've done for us. <laughs> so I know I don't want to leave. No, <laughs> I know. Maybe that's why I didn't go on the course yesterday. <laughs> I don't. I understand why you didn't. <laughs> but the to paint a picture really is you walk in and there's this staircase that rises up into the ceiling and splits two ways wood um, staircase very yeah it's a country club kind of feel our cool. co-worker josh burho likened it to something you'd see on the titanic um <laughs> which isn't probably all that ridiculous all they need is an orchestra yeah They'll probably have it so when you get up to the top obviously you walk out and there's this sprawling amphitheater that faces the the far end of the driving range it is probably four five times what the old media center square footage used to be in that amphitheater area. There's a really, really nice sit down area for, for food. Masters food is, has always been top notch. Yeah. It's strong. It's Um, very good. But this morning I visited the, the IBM and like back basically the, the VIP room where all the videos and the there. master's digital area. Is that master's where you were? Area. Yeah. I, I tried to, I tried to poke my head in there and they didn't let me through yesterday. No, so I well, needed, I apparently needed an appointment to get back. Yeah. There, so it's, it's what was pretty that like? cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, I went into what IBM is calling their cognitive room and they have, they have their, um, artificial intelligence, IBM Watson orchestrating all this all these data sets and all these images and highlights of the masters in this room and this room is like a long it's probably like 20 feet long and only like 10 feet wide and it's it's this wall that's a video screen that loops around you and it's completely interactive and you ask watson what's the leaderboard and all of a sudden the leaderboard flashes up and you ask where's where's jordan spieth and they're like jordan spieth's playing on the 13th hole right now he's in the fairway Really cool wow. stuff. And, you know, that's kind of off limits for a lot of people right now. But that's kind of the future-facing look at how they want to bring the Masters to people. Either way, that's only a corner of the media center. So that's, this is technology they're testing to possibly they're put testing, online working later through for it. fans to use? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it will be as fan-facing as much as it would be an interactive thing in a specific space space is it just going to whisper into jim nance's ear all probably of these is that what probably <laughs> jim i know could use it but either way it just goes to ex- explain 
the various things that are happening in the press center. At Augusta National, there's no hyperbole. I really think it probably is the best press center in the world. Yeah. <laughs> we're making claims, but we can move on from the, the press center to someone who will be in the press center this afternoon. You're going to be at Phil's press conference. I believe it's at 2.30 today. And Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, yeah I should. Yes. I'm, I'm excited yeah. to see what Phil says because uh, having looked at the statistics, Phil Mickelson's driver is typically awful right now. Just very bad. Abhorrent. Just very, very bad. And small sample size hasn't played a ton of events, but he's played enough events for you to know that his driving has been pathetic. And the rest of his game has been really good. And he's made a number of top 10 finishes because he's been scoring like he's the short 22 year old Phil. The, the short, short game, game is there. Has not died. And I hope it goes on forever. But what do you think about Phil's chances? You can get away with. Uh, maybe I would say an average driving week yeah. at Augusta because the rough isn't overly, you know, it doesn't punish you too much. Um, and there's just open spaces to miss fairways and still have angles into these greens. You gotta, you gotta drive it. However, you have to keep it in the zip code and you can't, you yeah, know, you can't, you can't extent. do that to yourself. You can only get away for it, with it for so long because Phil's short game is so good. His putting so good and he has the experience and he has, he gets an extra kind of boost from this place which is one of the reasons I'm excited about this press conference is I, I have a feeling we'll see it again. We'll see, you know, oh, yeah. peak Phil. Uh, you, I give him a chance. I, I think, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to make, we're going to get to our top five later, right? I don't, yep. I don't know if he's going to make the cut in my top five, but if, I've got him right there as someone that I think I could see him making history at the masters as an oldest masters champion, which he would be if he won this year, he would pass Jack yeah. Nicholas. Or maybe even someday becoming the first 50-year-old to finally win a major and, and getting it done here. Because I, I think this is a place he can contend for another uh, at least five years. Yeah. Uh, you know, 10 years ago, we would think, you know, Tiger Woods is probably the only person that could win a Masters in his 50s, right? We'd we think, probably said that. And I'd like to take that back. Well, yeah, certainly. <laughs> but it says a lot about Phil that at 46 and 10 months or whatever he is, that we could consider a guy to do this four years from now. I mean, I think it just, it really shows how impressive he has aged or not aged, how his game has remained competitive. And I, I wrote it down in Tour Confidential earlier this week. If he has any driver consistency or if he just has some good luck yep. with a driver, he's gonna make a ton of birdies. His yeah. birdie average is still elite on the tour. If he makes birdies, which he will, and he, he drives the ball with any type of consistency, he will shoot up the leaderboard. I think so. I, this is a place we, he's certainly he's had a share of major championship heartbreaks, but most of them are concentrated on the U.S. Open. And I don't think uh, we can save it for the U.S. Open podcast, but I don't, I don't think Phil is ever going to win a U.S. Open. But the Masters, something else happens with him where it, he rises and plays his best and he plays free and loose and it is it is the full fill on display and if he has his game going he'll he'll it's it builds on itself and i i could absolutely see him making a run this week all right well absolutely yeah. oh man that'd be this that would be a that would be a fun one talk about major stories that would be a fun one all right well let's take a brief moment for a word about the usga you may know the usga mostly for their 14 annual championships and competitions you might know them as the ultimate test in golf, 
between Oakmont, Chambers Bay, Pebble Beach this year, Aaron Hills, a number of courses in the past. Some of the most difficult courses in the world are host to USGA events. But there's more to the USGA than just events. Right now, the USGA is focusing on important health of the game solutions to aid facilities in the reliance upon water. The innovation team over at the USGA has created a resource management app that helps superintendents at golf courses know just how they should allocate their resources and help ensure a better experience for all golfers at their course. Now, along with the RNA over in Scotland, they're also modernizing the game's rules. You may have heard news about that earlier this year. Well, they want you involved. The USGA is asking for your feedback, and you're invited to share that feedback with them. They want questions. They want answers. Anything that you can come up with in regards to the rules changes that are expected to come on January 1 of 2019. For more on that and anything else USGA, visit USGA.org. And now back to my conversation with Jeff Ritter. Phil is at the, the level in, his, in, in the game in general. His legend, I guess, speaks for itself. But for him to win, for him to succeed Jack as the oldest Masters champion of all time, you know, like Rory winning the career Grand Slam, that's cool. Spieth dominating again, that'd be cool. DJ reaching four in a row, it'd be cool. There's something about Phil that if he would win Green Jacket number four, I don't know if it would blow all those storylines away, but it would certainly certainly be one of the greatest masters we've had. It would be an all-timer. It would be an all-time masters. For breaking Nicholas's record as the oldest, because it's Phil, because it would be his fourth jacket that would match Tiger and Arnold Palmer. I mean, this would be, it would be an all-timer. Yeah, it certainly would be. All right. We're reaching the end here. We've talked about top fives. We talked about a little bit about, about picks to win. We're going to run through them right now. I think let's, let's say top four and then one guy that you think no one's talking about that is going to surprise. Got it. My, my fourth, I think, guy that you need to pay attention to is Ricky Fowler. Um, went to his press conference yesterday. I think that more than any other year in the past – it makes sense that Ricky could get it done. He's, he checks all the boxes. He really does. Like, decent course history. His game is in good form. He understands the course. You know, he's playing as good a golf as he's played without contending yet in a major right. in the past year or so. But So I'm thinking Ricky's a guy you He's going to win a major someday. You think? I think. All right, who's your number four? I don't think it's going to be this week. Um, so my, so my, after my top three? Yep. Or, uh, are we building up to one? Yep. Or, okay. Four up to one. Four up to one. Uh, four is Justin Rose. Okay. Rosie. Who is quietly having a very solid season. Yeah. Uh, there's no way he finished his career, his career with one major. Uh, he's flashed in Augusta before. Um, he was uh, second to, I think he was second to Spieth, wasn't he, on his... Um, in 2015, yeah. yeah, he and Phil were both tied for second. And I just think another, just another guy who enters confident and on good form, under the radar, but not that far under the radar. And I, I think given his track record, I think he'll be in it. Yeah, I think uh, Rose actually has held the first-round lead multiple times in his career at Augusta. Yep. So you know that he can play this course to five under, six under. Wind isn't going to bother him. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I like I think, the pick. Okay. Um, All right. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a name that you might not expect for number three here, uh, Daniel Berger. Really? I like Berger's chances. He finished 
uh, T10 here last year. So he worked his way into kind of a backdoor top 10. He understands the course well. He's not a first-timer. Like, those, those kind of things appeal to me. Berger finished top 10 last week uh, at, at the Shell Houston Open. I mean, when you're, when you're really trying to s- size up a top four, top five, like last year you had Willett, Spieth, uh, Lee Westwood, DJ, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Like, the, there are going to be names that surprise you. I think Berger's the one that will surprise. Okay, that's a good pick. I, I do think because of the weather forecast, I think we're going to get – a brand name winner. I think Burger yeah. is a future brand name, but I don't. I don't see. I'm not sure. I see this is the week where somebody is going to a little more fluky. Yeah, I, I think you're going to get a, an established yeah. star um, coming off of this week. So, well, let's see. Well, we've talked about DJ. DJ would be in my top five. Yeah. I don't know if we, I could list him as three or two or one or whatever, but he would be one of my best. But there, someone else we haven't talked about yet. That I had sort of written off until yesterday. Oh, I saw I him on the course. Going. I know where you're going. Sometimes you just you got to get here. You got to see it in person, and it all just kind of clicks in yeah. your head. I think Jason Day could do it this week. Yeah. I think uh, he hasn't done much this season. He's battled injuries, and then he revealed recently the the that his mother is battling lung cancer. Recently had surgery. Uh, didn't know if he was gonna, even going to play this Masters. Declared that he was in a few days ago. And I don't know. I saw him out there yesterday. He looked, he looked good. Whatever. It's a practice round. Everybody looks good in a practice round. But I just, it just sort of had, I had this feeling that, wow, this could be the type of thing that doesn't, at a place like Augusta, he's got a major win already. Oh, yeah. He's not, he's not, he he's has an excellent history at this tournament. He's come close, but he doesn't have, I, would, I wouldn't call it scar tissue no. at the Masters. Perfect golf course for him. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I can absolutely see the the everything happening off the course galvanizing him and heightening his focus and this being the week that he does it he is of the talent level skill level that is above most of the professional golfers out there he is he is the exception to a lot of rules as far as professional golf standards like he's he's incredible when he gets it going he hasn't really got it going since the players of last year. Yeah. Little bit being, of, he's in a little bit of a lull. Yes. Injuries that being and said, other things. Would not be shocked if he went out and shot 66 on Thursday and just kind of clicked. He's in my, he's in my fave five for yeah. this, for this exercise. <laughs> um, okay. So number two, I'm, I'm going to believe the hype. We talked about it already, so we don't have to talk about a lot about it now, but I think Rory pushes the champion, but falls short again. I don't think he pushes anybody anywhere this week. I don't see how <laughs> he pushes. This week. His, you think he pushes his caddy around, and that's just I, about it. I just, I don't think it's his time yet. I don't. I, but the way he can, he also has another gear. He's one of those. Yeah. He's one of those few guys in golf that has demonstrated at a major yeah. by winning majors by seven shots and eight shots that if it all clicks, it's his. It's yeah. him. Uh, I just don't know if it's if it's going to click for him here yet. So my number two, my number two would, I guess, still be DJ. If yeah. we have, we've talked about him That's enough. Okay. So maybe, maybe we'll move on to my pick to win. No, 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 no. Now oh, we need, no? now we need the surprise. The guy that oh, you don't think anyone's okay. talking about. Um, this is just a gut call. I mentioned it in confidential this week, but um, 
there's certain guys that in our job, like as you meet them and you get to know people a little bit and you like them and you just kind of follow them a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, that's me with Johnny Vegas. I met him <laughs> several years ago and like, I just I always kind of keep tabs on him, what he's doing. He said, had a very good start to the season. Yep. He battled shoulder injury and had surgery and was really out of it for a couple of years there, but he's back and fully healthy. And he's one of the biggest hitters on tour. I think anytime you're going to, if you're going to pick an underdog at Augusta, I, I think you're smart to stay with a bomber type yeah. profile. Um, he draws the ball. He's playing well. It's not his first. It's his second Masters. It's not his first. He played it in a few years ago um, when he the, after winning the Bob Hope. So I don't know. It's it's a hunch, yep. but I, I could see him maybe being like a Thursday Friday guy and, yeah. and maybe hanging around and making some noise on the weekend. Someone that is also a bomber that people talked about earlier this year with uh, negative headlines is Brooks Kepka. And hear me out on this. He's a, he's a ball and chain on my fantasy golf team. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he snapped his driver earlier this year. He really, really struggled. But very recently, WGC match play, he goes into the individual, their group play, and blitzes his group. He's like, I'm talking yeah. like big time victories, five and four multiple times. He had made a couple swing changes that week, and he was making birdies everywhere like 12 birdies and 26 holes kind of success that's blitzing the the field that that is against him which would be single individual matches all i'm saying is that if those swing changes make sense for kepka who's a pretty very talented player was top 20 player yeah streaky and very streaky. streaky he's high, he can run hot and cold he if could he, if he we're could, entering a hot streak this but another he's got a game that that's a great pick so he, he certainly fits around. the profile yeah so with that being said We've got everyone out there but our picks. I want your pick, and I want the score. Okay. Well, the pick that I've made uh, for weeks now leading up to this is, was Hideki Matsuyama. Uh, I think he's another one that's quietly had a couple top tens here, and this is before his game reached a new level. Where yeah. He showed that he has the Rory gear, yeah. the Spieth gear, the Jason Day gear. He just hasn't done it in a major yet but it's coming, and this is a place where he fits the profile of, of somebody who can win at Augusta. The question for him is putting. The yep. question for a, a lot of guys, for the question for everybody but Jordan Spieth and Phil Mickelson among <laughs> yeah. contenders is probably, can they putt the greens? So, but Matsuyama, I think, in, in his rise up the ranks and, and the dominant golf that he played kind of as the, as the calendar was turning, showed me that he has that gear. And so I, I, I marked him down as my master's favorite really a month ago, and I've stubbornly stuck to it. <laughs> but I got to say, if I was, if I was at a, a betting window now, or I, I would, I'm really thinking, I really feel good about the Jason Day pick. Yeah. Well, really and also do. Jason Day, if you were standing at that prospective betting window, he would be more valuable than he has ever been in the past few years at a major. His odds... Yeah are trending towards like 15 to 1 right now and for the number 3 player oh, in the one. Oh the number 3 player in the world who most recently <laughs> had the most torrid stretch prior to Dustin Johnson that's incredible value um too bad they don't have betting windows at the media center they have everything else yep. they, have, they have everything else we could Billy want Payne I know you're listening next year just have the you know the wire from Las Vegas <laughs> to Augusta Help us out a little bit. That's all we're asking for. You've done a good job with everything else. My my pick to win, you'd also find pretty decent value with him. That's because he's 46 years old. 
I'm going with Phil Mickelson. I think that I he, love it, <laughs> which I is ridiculous it. to say the oldest person ever win the Masters will happen this year, and to tell to tell you that he'll do it. I just it makes sense for me in the way that DJ is worried about his putting and and thinks that that's why he'd win. I think if Phil drives the ball well, hits his three wood into the fairway, I think that that vaults him into the top five, and then then it's a matter of kind of getting lucky and winning. He would be my, my fifth as we counted him down from four. If I was going to pick five guys that yeah. I think are going to be right there, or might win, I, th- I would have Phil as well. Yeah. It, feel, it, feel, it has that feeling like, he, you know, it's just, it's one th- for him it's one thing. It's just driving the ball. <laughs> just get off the tee. Everything else is there. It's a big thing. But, but really, at Augusta, uh, uh, putting is the biggest thing, I think, or even approaches with irons, yeah. just sticking it in their clothes. So if he could just keep it on the planet, uh, I think he's got a great shot. Yeah, I, I hope he does. I, I just, I think we, we've, we've been teased by Phil recently. We were teased last year at Troon. We thought the guy was going to be able to get it done. He didn't get it done, but he gave us one hell of a show. And if he could do something like that, something... Any semblance of what happened at Troon and bring it to Augusta, Georgia, that would be special beyond anything we can actually foresee. That's it for us. Thank you for listening to the Golf.com podcast. Stay tuned to the website all week for the best writing and analysis in the game. Tune back in late in the weekend. We're going to have a fun podcast recapping all the madness. Until next time, I'm your host, Sean Zock.